This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes of a very short, very busy, very cold Friday afternoon to come spend some time with us, come to learn some Torah, come get inspired, come get ready for another beautiful Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Shlach We see it's also Shabbos Mavarchim. We're going to have Rosh Kodesh this week. It's an amazingly, amazingly special, special week. Let's start with a short, a short Misa. There was a town in Europe that had a problem. I guess you might call it a good problem. And that is that the, the main shul in the town was becoming too small. More and more members were joining. More and more people wanted to be part of the davening. Maybe they loved the Rav's Joshers. Maybe they loved the Kiddush. I don't know. But people were, were coming and coming and streaming in. And they needed to do renovations. So they had a committee meeting, of course, as these things go. And they decided that, yes, it was time to to extend the, the shul. There was some open land on, on one side. And it would build out the shul and make it bigger and more roomy for, for all the people to, to come. So the plans were, were drawn, the plans were approved, the construction began, and in due course, probably more course than they thought, because building always takes longer than, than it should, the, the building was, was ready, and they were ready to sort of have the grand reopening, I guess you might call it, of, of, the, of, of the shul. But wait, it wasn't going to happen yet. Because a delegation of the very, very distinguished members of the community approached the Rav and said, one second, there's a problem here. There's a very, very big problem. Um, you know that in, in the old shul, so we, of course, as the distinguished and important members of the community, so our seats were on the left side, the row sits on the right and our seats were on the left side right next to the Arna Kurdish as befits people of our of our stature of our, of our level but now that the shul has been made wider so of course the Arna Kurdish was moved over to be more centered in the, in the new, in the, in, in the shul and now we're quite distant from the from the Arna Kurdish and this is a, a absolute insult and a degradation of our honor, men of our stature deserve to have our seats right next to the to the honor Kodesh and we demand that either you move our, our seats or you remove the, the honor Kodesh close to us, otherwise we're going to, I guess, I don't know we're going to toy toy outside or we're going to somehow we're, we're not going to allow this this uh, this marriage to, to, to reopen so the Rav so the Rav uh, listened to their argument and said to them, you know, I hear what you're saying, but you know, there was a similar situation that happened not so long ago. He says, you know that the Talmud of Moshe Rabbeinu, his name was Hai Sheya. And because the Rabbeinu Shalom was worried that he might be influenced by the plot, by the desire of the of the Maratim, of the spies, to say negative things about Eretz Yisrael. So Moshe Rabbeinu strengthened him and added a Yud to, to his name, and instead of being Hoysheya, he became Yehoshua. And I've been through and, and, and looked through all the Midrashim, and... I, I, I never saw anyone that raised the, the, the argument that could have been raised. You know, what could have happened? The hey, which was up until now the first letter of the name Hosea, had a valid right to contact Kurdish Baruch and say, Kurdish Baruch, this isn't fair. I used to be the first letter of the of the word Hosea, and now you've downgraded me. You've pushed me further back. Now this little wimpy uh, a yud is coming and and becoming in first place, and I have to be I have to move along and become the second letter. It's not fair. I demand to be reinstated. Says the Rav. I've looked through all the midrashim. I never found that such an argument was raised by by the hay. Therefore, it must be that such an argument is completely spurious, because even the hey, in, in the name of Yeshua, didn't raise such an argument, and it must be that, yeah, in a shul, wherever you sit, 
is 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 is, is choshev. You're close to the to the shchina, and and the source of your complaints must be uh, your own hankering and, and pension for for running after after honor and uh, and and uh, your your own kind of a, a, a dis- distinguishment. And, and therefore we know, you know, in Ovis it says that Akina Vataiva Vakovad, that running after jealousy, after his personal desire or honor, might see this Adamino and they take a person away. So, so if it's, if all you're after is your honor, then it's quite fine that you're sitting a little bit further, might see you a little bit further away from Narada Kodesh. And, and if you're not happy with that, then, you know, there are other shuls in, in town. The, the reopening will go ahead and, and, uh, we're not going to give any credence to your, to your argument. We'll be back in a moment. soul to soul. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, back on your radio here in Johannesburg, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Shalach as you prepare for another beautiful if not a little bit of cool Shabbos here in Johannesburg. And let's get right to work. Let's talk a little bit about the importance of even very, very small things. Rav Menachem Mendel Mivitavsky, who was one of the Gedolim, one of the great Talmidim of the Magdim Mezrich, and he was in charge of the, of the settlement, the Ashkenazi settlement, in Eretz Yisrael, and he was uh, in charge of the financial dealings and <clears throat> and the giving out of money from which the people in Eretz Yisrael at that time uh, survived. And one time, one of the workers uh, came and complained that uh, his uh, the stipend he got was was very, very small, and there was another person who was just a little bit higher than him on whatever, on the totem pole, and he got so much more, and he should have gotten exactly, exactly the same. So, Amnachemendel answered him, it's true that in, in, in a physical level, it's true, maybe a, a, a point, a dot, in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in a physical world, doesn't make such a difference. Although today, of course, a dot is everything. You know, you leave out a dot in an email, and you don't have uh, uh, an email. It's not gonna. It's not gonna go. But in ruchnius, the smallest thing is already an entirely different existence. And and kind of uh, in order to to uh, uh, kind of crystallize that point, he said, <clears throat> "Do you know the difference between?" There was one of the spies that Yeshua sent to Eretz Yisrael was a man named Kalev ben Yefune. Right? What's the difference between the word Kalev and the word Kelev? A dog? One little, one little dot. Right? The, the, the problem with the Meraglim was, it says, Shlach l'cho anoshim. Anoshim is, was an expression of distinguished important people. In other words, the Meragum that was sent to spy out Eretz Yisrael, they didn't actually want to go into Eretz Yisrael because they were Anoshim. They were, they were, they thought that who was able to go into Eretz Yisrael, into the holy land of Eretz Yisrael, to the palace of, of, of the king, only someone who is completely, completely, complete on every single, on single level, a tzaddik in every single action that, that he does. And therefore, since they felt they weren't yet on that level, they weren't on such a complete level, they are not worthy to go in, into Eretz Yisrael. On the other hand, Moshe Rabbeinu, when he comes to save Yeshua Benun from the Thunmaraglim, what does he do? He adds the letter Yud. Ko Yoshiachom Atzashrakim. Hashem save you from the Muraglim. Now we know Yud is the smallest of all the 22 letters in, in the alphabet, and it's coming to teach us. Because even in, in, in Ruchnius, in spiritual matters, even the smallest thing that, that one does, is a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous benefit for, for a person. And sometimes, even the smallest action 
is enough that you'll be zeich even to go into into Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara in Tainus Daf Chavtal brings down that at the time of the of the the the, the Tana Rav, there was unfortunately a uh, a, a famine, a drought in 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 Eretz Yisrael. So Rav commanded to to. Uh, decree a, a fast day as is prescribed in in uh, in halacha, and they weren't and they weren't answered. The rain didn't come, but it was only when they came to daven as a community, and a certain uh, a person was appointed to to be the the chazan and he went and started to to uh, to daven and started to beg Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and straight away. When he started to say Mashiv Haruach, the wind already started to blow, and as soon as he said Ma'irid Hagoshan, the rains come down. Already the rain began began to 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 fall, right? Oh, and this was the salvation they had been waiting for for so long. But it was such a pele. Rav was was amazed at this because. You know, this was, uh, 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 this was, Rav was the, the leader of the whole generation and the Rav of all of, all of the, uh, the, the Jews in, in Gaulis. So he asked this person, what, tell me something amazing about you. How did you manage to bring the rain? So there is, he said to him, look, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm just a school, a school teacher. And, uh, and the students, Whose parents are unfortunately unable to afford the the tuition, the school fee. I don't take from them any money at all, and obviously that was his 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 uh, his income. And then the teacher carried on to to describe how he treats the 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 all the all the Tamilim. He says, "I have a a a pool of fish, and any child who doesn't want to." To learn, so I sort of I bribe him and I give him some of the of these of these fish, and uh, I'll I'll try again to go over the the, the learning uh, uh, with him, and I'll sort of uh, try to appease him until he'll voluntarily come back and and start start learning. Now, this is uh, uh, usually they they uh, they the halacha says. That who do you send to be the chazan when there's a uh, when there's a drought? So it's someone who's metupel someone who has a family at home and he has no money, and it says ubeisa reka means his house is empty from any any avarice. That teacher who was chosen at that time for, the, for that uh, drought to be the chazan, he was absolutely. Uh, impoverished in his financial situation, and nevertheless, he, if there were parents who couldn't afford to pay, he would not demand one cent, uh, uh, uh for, for school fees. And not only that, he had this, this, uh, pool of, of fish that he would give willingly to the Talmudim in order to encourage them to, to learn, to learn Torah. And, and, and it would seem that at that time, you know, they had the, you know, there were, there were sweets that he could have given them. The Gemara talks about that there were roasted grain and, and, and nuts, fruits, all kinds of sweet, sweet things as, uh, you know, we have, uh, today. But nevertheless, this Rebbe chose specifically to give his Talmidim fish from the, from the pool that he had to teach us. Let's look at these, these fish. These fish live in water their whole life. And nevertheless, they're thirsty. Every new drop of water that comes, that comes in, that comes out from, let's say, from, from the heavens, they're excited about it. As in fact, the Medrash, the Medrash says, these, these fish that they grow and they live in water, but the moment one new drop of water comes from, from Shemayim, they're so excited and they're thirsty to, 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 to greet it as if they never tasted water in their, in their whole lives. So to the Jewish nation, we grow up in the, in the, in the sea of, of Torah. But when we hear a new Kiddush, a new, a new understanding on the Torah, they accept it with such thirst as if they never ever heard any Torah before in their, in the, in their lives. This Rebbe wanted to teach and, 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 and somehow inspire his, 
his, uh, his, uh, his students, that when a person sees a little bit of, of new water coming down from Shemayim, so he doesn't look at it as, oh, the same old, same old. We don't, we don't look at it at all as being important. But no, by, by the fish, by the fish, he gives, he gives importance to every single drop of water that, that comes. This is what the Malabit has come to teach. His Talmud. You don't understand necessarily yet the importance, the incredible, incredible standing of what, of what Torah, of what Torah is and, and how one progresses in the world of, of, of Ruchnis. Because you're looking for something, something, something big. You have to understand from the fish that even a very, very small, even one drop of water is something amazing that can, that can completely change and it's worth, it's worth getting excited about about uh, about about that, yeah. Just Rabbi Meir told the story that uh, a a bocher came to him, and he said he had been learning in yeshiva for five years, and he hadn't had any any success in his learning. So and therefore he wants to go out and work. So Rabbi Shlesinger sent him to the stipler. The stipler asked him, "Tell me, do you know how to learn Chumash and Rashi?" Said yes. Do you know Mishnah Bura? Says yes. Can you learn Gemara, Rashi, and, and, and his basic pshat in Taisus? Says yes. So the stipler started to yell at him. So what do you mean that you that, that you call not seeing any any success? What do you think? What do you think you are? What you have to be as great as a, as a, as Rabbi Akiva Eger to be able to to grow in in Torah? It doesn't work that way. Every single thing that we do is. Is, uh, is, is, is important. So that's why, that's, and that's maybe why Yeshua is called Yeshua bin Nun. Nun in Aramaic is a fish. It teaches us that he grew on these small things, the little yuds. That cat, that little yud just gave him enough power to be one of those who are going to be Zechah to go in Eretz Israel. Let's make an effort. Don't always, yeah, the big things are very important, but don't lose sight of every single little gesture, every single little upgrade in our, in our, in our, in our, in our learning, in our davening, in, in our chesed is tremendous and has tremendous ramifications for us and for the entire, the entire world. This is 101.9 High FM Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, back on your radio in a pretty frosty Johannesburg on Erev Shabbos Kedish, Pashas Shalach Lecha, as we talk about amazing issues connected to this week's Pasha. Let's start with the following. In the Sefer Shavis show, they bring a story about Rav Shloyma Kluger, Zatzal, who was a Rav in a certain uh, uh, town, but uh, as once or twice uh, happens to Rabbanim, the people in the town, the townspeople, didn't love the fact that the Rav saw it as his duty to tell them what to do. And, you know, they didn't feel that that was the, the right or the, or, the, or, the, or the sort of the uh, the volition of the Rav to, to say things like that. And therefore, they sent him packing. And therefore, he was left without any parnasa, without a home, and he began to find a place to, to stay. So he eventually arrived in the city of Breit, and there he wanted to at least get a job as, as a mulamad, as a, as a school teacher to teach children so that he should have a little bit of, of a panasa. But since no one knew him, so the, he asked permission to say a, a drosha in the main best manner so people could, uh, get to hear him and get to understand, uh, what, what kind of, what metal he was made out of. So he had to ask permission from the Rav of the city, Hagarin of Zaman Magolius, and the Roshus was given, and Rav Shleimer said a drasha in the, in the, uh, main base medrash, in the presence of the Moida Asya, and the Chachamim of, of the city. Now the minig was that after the drasha, the Dashan would walk around the whole base medrash, and, uh, everyone would, uh, wish him a Yashikayach for, for, for the drasha. So Shlomo 
after his drasha, walked around amongst the chachamim of uh, of of Breit, and all of them benched him and, and and thanked him for the amazing amazing drasha. And it was Dafka, the 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 Asra, was quiet. And Arshlam was interested. Why? Why doesn't he merit to get a Yashakayach for his drasha from the Rav? So he asked. And the Rav answered him straight and said, it seems that obviously the Tzibur wasn't listening that well to your drasha. Because based on what you said, then it would need to be that there were 24 uh, Muraglim who were sent to Eretz Yisrael. Uh, except the problem was that we know there were only 12 Muraglim. And therefore the whole basis and the whole uh, underpinning of your of your drasha falls, falls away. So Shlom was amazed. How could it be that, that the Av Bezdin didn't know a a a a, a, a explicit tesis, and he said, "Sure, it's sure it's it's, it's definitely correct. There were twenty four moralim. It's brought in tesis and in in cited of lamedalet amoralif diriyamaskil sultani in the name of the Ushami, according to according to Rabbi Akiva." So the Avbezdin went home and he, and he checked and he saw it, it was so. So immediately instructed that Rav Shloyma Kluger was no longer going to be the Malama, the school teacher in town. Now he got the job as being the Magid and, uh, and, uh, got a more respectable salary than he would have gotten as, as a school, as a school teacher. Problem is that it's difficult to, to, uh, uh this, this, this opinion of, of Rabbi Akiva. And Moshe Rabbeinu chose to send 24 spies. Why? Surely it would have been enough, first of all, just to send uh, two spies. As, in fact, you're sure did. You just have to spend two spies to find out. And if, for whatever reason, he chose, let's say, 12, which maybe makes sense, because... That, that way, you know, no, no Shevitz <laughs> is gonna trust the opinion of someone from the other Shevitz, and therefore, you needed 12 Miraglim, one representative for each, for each Shevitz. But what was the point of sending 24 spies? So, Bezashem, maybe you can say a, a few answers to this, to this question. So, first of all, perhaps we can say that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to teach Clearly so. That the number 24 symbolizes the Torah Kedesha. Why? Because we know that the Tanakh is, is made up of 24 Svar, as, as is brought by Rashi in, in Pasha's Kisisa, where it says, Vayi, uh, uh, So the word Kechaloisoi said is written without a Vav. Right, which could be Kalosoi, his bride, and and what's the comparison to Torah to the bride? So Rashi says, Ma Kala, just like a bride, Miskashetes beesim arbak shutin, she has twenty four different jewelry pieces, twenty four different uh, uh, beautifying things, and and they all mention, in fact, in in the pasuk in in uh, in Yeshaya, Perik Perik Gimel, so too. The Atam Chacham needs to be an expert in all twenty-four books of the of the of the of the Tznach. And Moshe Rabbeinu was teaching us that we're going there to show, and Eretz Yisrael without Torah is is not worth anything, as in fact the Chavetz Chaim brings in his in his commentary on on the Torah on the pasuk. That says, in fact, we say it also in, in the Haggadah of Pesach. Hashem had given us the Torah. And not brought us into Eretz Yisrael. It doesn't say the other way around. That if he had brought us there, so not given us the Torah, it would have been Dayenu. We see from that, that Eretz Yisrael is not possible to live there without keeping the Torah. And in fact, Orachim also writes this in Pasha's Bahar, at the beginning of the Pasha, that the whole giving of Eretz Yisrael was 
on on uh, based on 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 the fact that Klaiso would learn the Torah Kedusha there, and as the as the Ritva explains on the Gemara in Shabbos Dafeches, uh, the Gemara says that since since on on some level forced Klaiso put the mountain over the head and forced them to accept the Torah, so Mikan this so we have an excuse we don't have to keep Torah we were forced. To keep it. That, although after the Kabbalah Satira, Klaiso could have come with this argument that they were forced to accept the Torah, because Akarishpoku, uh, held the mountain over the head, and therefore they're really exempt from keeping the Torah because they were only forced to. But nevertheless, once Klaiso came into Eretz Yisrael, that argument is completely null and void because Eretz Yisrael was only given to them on the condition that they would fulfill in the land of Israel the Torah and all of its mitzvahs. As it says, Hashem gave them this land of nations, and, and the, the, that, those land that other hand, other nations had worked on, they inherited. That they should guard his chukim and, and keep, and keep all, all the mitzvahs. And Moshe Ben wanted therefore to teach the Muraglim that don't let them, don't, don't, don't make, don't make the mistake and kind of measure Eretz Yisrael based on, on, on what it looks like right now. Because when they went there, there was no Kedusha in Eretz Yisrael, there was no Torah in Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, even though they saw that this was a land where there were dead people all over the place, but that's because there's no Torah in there. And it's like, it can be about someone that uh, walks into a, 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 a closed up house and, and uh, you know, there's it, it, it's stuffy. There's no, there's no fresh air. Then he began to began to scream. How is it possible to live in in such a house? So someone asked him, "You you fool! This spice is 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 beautiful. It's it's big. It's airy. And the only reason why there's no why it's why it's so stuffed stuffy and and so un, unbreathable is because it's been it's been locked up and 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 uh, and uh, you know it's airless, open." the windows, and you'll see, there'll be fresh air, and you'll see what a beautiful house it is to live. So to Eretz show, without Torah, there's no, there's no air. And therefore, it's, uh, it's, they're dead people, there's no, there's no, has, there's no chiyas in the land. But when Kaisal comes in there, and the Amatayra is in the van, it's going to be fresh air, and it's going to be a beautiful, airy, luxurious place, to 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 live in, and then it's going to become an eretz an eretz teva, and therefore we can pass explain why uh, the 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 concept of the number twenty four by the Beis Hamikdash. We know that the the parochas in in the Mishkan, which separated between the outer chamber, the Kodesh, and the Kodesh Hakadoshim, so it was it was woven from threads that each one of them had 24 strands in that thread. We learn, well, the Gemara in Yuma says that. And therefore, the Mishnah in Tainus says that for the Avoid in the Besamekdash, they, 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 Skinu in the Vim or Rishonim, the earliest Nevi'im made it Akon, that's Shmuel and, and David Hamelech, as, as the Gemara, as the Gemara says there, that they, they instituted 24 groups of Kayanim who would work in the base Mikdash. And for each Mishmar, we know there was a group of Kayanim, there was a group of Leviim, 24 groups of Leviim, and 24 groups of Yisraelim who would come every week to represent all the Jewish nation for the bringing of the other communal uh, carbonus. And Gemara Brachas also says, uh, the, uh, by, when we had a, a, a fast day, a communal fast day, because there was no rain, we said 24 Brachas. Where do we get 24 Brachas from? So Rav Chalbay says, it corresponds to the 24 uh, 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 Rananais, 
24 praises that Shlomo Melech said at the time when he brought the Oran into the, into the Kodesh HaKadosh. And Babu Kama also, Davkov Yud, it says there are 24 gifts that are given to the Kainim. And they were given to Aaron and, and their sons. 10 in the Mikdash, 4 in Yerushalayim, and 10 that were given even outside of, of, of Yerushalayim. <coughs> What's the speciality of the number 24 and its connection? Sorry. Specifically to the Beis Mikdash, in order to teach us that what was the holiness, what was the kedusha of the Beis Hamikdash, what was the whole hashrav uh, uh, of the Shekhinah that that was found, that was dominant, that was so evident in 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 the Beis Hamikdash, it was only because of of, of the of the Torah kedusha, and therefore inside the Kodesh Hakadoshim, in the Oran. Labrius, there were there were the Luchais and be the uh, the Sifriatira that that Moshe Benu wrote. That's one possible explanation. Another way we could possibly understand why there were twenty four spies is uh, it's well known the the holy words of the, of the Bnei Sacher in various places in his in his forum, and um, he brings. That the pasuk says in Yeshaya, says v'samti chatkoid shimshosayich. It says I'll, I'll, I'll make your 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 shimshosayich your your sons like a chatkoid. I'll make it incredibly bright. And and he says he says as fa- he says as follows he says whatever we manage to do, whatever we manage to produce in in this world. Uh, in order to further the knowledge of and 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 the uniqueness of our Kaddish Baruch Hu in this in this world, through our learning of Torah and and our Avoida. so this is mamish a, a, a concept of uh, 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 of 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 where we're, we're establishing our Kaddish Baruch Hu as the very very foundation of. Of, of the whole of the whole world, and therefore, we know that the total number of brisos that were made on the Torah was five hundred and seventy-six uh, uh, brisos uh, treaties that Kadosh Baruch Hu made, which is the same gematria uh, 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 as the word Yesayid Malchus. Now we know twenty-four. Times twenty four is is the gematria of five hundred and and seventy six, and that's the the total yichud, the oneness, the uniqueness, the omnipotence of 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 Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and that's the great news that Hakadosh Baruch Hu was telling Klai Yisrael through through the Navi. The Samti Kad Kaid is Chaf Dalid Chaf Dalid. That you're, they're going to be zoiche, that in the gates of Yushalayim, they're going to be fixed, beautiful, precious, big stones. And, and, uh, what, what are they going to be called? Akash Boko is going to call them Chavtalit, Chavtalit, Kavtalit, 24 times 24 to allude to the, 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 the oneness of, 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 of Akash Boko. And then, and the Bnei Sochah details various examples where we find the number of 24 times 24, this Gematria of 576, to, to hint to, to allude to this uniqueness of, of our Kodesh Baruch Hu. We know that, uh, uh, it says that, uh, once the best picture was destroyed, Hashem lives in the Dalet Amas. Of of uh, of halacha, because le- we know that less than four amas is not called a a bias. Now, four amas by four amas is twenty four tefachim, because an amma is six tefachim. 
So four amas is twenty-four. So that's twenty-four tefachim by twenty-four tefachim. And therefore, again, we have twenty-four times twenty-four. That that is the 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 the, the uniqueness, the oneness of Hakadosh Baruch Hu that happens through the learning of Torah. It says that in the second base of Mikdash, they found a pasuk, and they expounded on it, and they 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 made the mizbeach bigger than it had been in the first base of Mikdash. Until the place where the fires of the Besamikdash were was 24 Amas by 24 Amas. Again, 576 in, in total. Again, because the Avoida that we do creates this uniqueness of, of, of the, of, of the, the Ribbonishlav. It says, the Gemara Bracha says that the early Hasidim used to come to shul early, an hour before davening, and they would wait, they'd prepare themselves, and then they would, they would daven. Now the Yushami brings in Mesechus, Mesechus Brochus, that in one hour, there can be divided into 24 sections, and in each section, there are 24 seconds, or 24 mini-units. So therefore, also, 24 is again chaf dalit by chaf dalit, right? And and again, the kavan is to prepare themselves to accept the yichud of Hakadosh Baruch Hu in their in their in their davening. When we talk about the the nisim that happened on on Hanukkah, so we know that uh, it was the 25th of the month of of uh, of, of Kislev. Which, you know, it's 24 days of Kislev had passed before that. And each one of those 24 days has 24 hours. Again, to hint to Klaisel, this concept of the 24 times 24, the, the, the Kislev Malchus of, of the, the, the manifestation of in, in our world. So therefore we have said, even Moshe Benu, and specifically, Moshe Benu sent 24 spies to hint to them that when Kaisal goes into Eretz Yisrael, they have to know that this is a, man, a great manifestation of the Malchus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to, to, to declare the oneness and the uniqueness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu shall, of, of Yisoyed and, and Malchus in Eretz Yisrael, which is again 24 times 24. So therefore, the, 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 the 24, uh, uh, Dafka was, was performed by, by them, and the second 24 will be done by the, the, the Malchus of, 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 uh, of, that will be established in, in, in Eretz Yisrael. So this may be some of the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu specifically sent 24 spies rather than the 12 that seems explicit in the Torah that they actually sent. This is 101.9 Chayef FM, soul to soul. We'll be back in a minute with much, much more amazing Torah as we learn about preparing for Shabbos. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul on Friday afternoon, Erev Shabbos, Kedish, Pashas, Shalach Lacha. We're back on your radio. Thank you so much for joining us, as we always do at this point on the broadcast, to let you in on the secrets of the important times you're going to need to know for this coming uh, Shabbos. So let's start from the beginning. Light, uh, candle lighting this afternoon can begin <laughs> not very long from now at 4.17. 4.17 is the earliest time you can light your candles and get your Shabbos started on these, on these nice cold nights. It's nice to get started early. Maybe you put a fire in your fireplace and have a beautiful warm home as Shabbos, as Shabbos begins and, uh, Go daven, go to shul, and then Meshem sit down to a beautiful, beautiful suda. The latest time for Adlokas Neiros this Friday is at six minutes past five. We're at our earliest. This is the second week of 506. 
is the earliest time, which means Shkia is at 24 minutes past five. Make sure you've got organized them. Come what may, come what may that you're organized before, before that, that time. If you want to dive in Mayrev and not have to repeat the Kriya Shema afterwards, so then all you have to do is wait till 542. And it's already night, and you can dive in Mayav, and you got this, as I always said, this wonderful long evening, sitting and enjoying a meal together with the family, some Zemiris, some Divrei Torah, some Parsha, and still get to bed early enough to have a really, really sound, nice cocoon sleep, nothing nicer than getting into bed on a Lel Shabbos, knowing you don't have to get up for work, etc. The next morning, it's something very, very uh, special. Tomorrow, of course, we'll be relating Pashas Shalach Lecha, and the Aftar that accompanies it, which is, of course, the second parak of the book of Yeshua, where we read about the second incident, where spies were sent with a very, very, very different outcome. These were the two spies that Yeshua sent to Yerichai to, to spy out that, that, that land. And, uh, and the, the, the beautiful report that they came back with that Eretz Yisrael was theirs for the, for the, uh, for the taking. Uh, this week is Shabbos Mubarakim. Yes, Shabbos Mubarakim, Chaydesh Tammuz. Right, Chaydesh Be'ez Hashem will be on Thursday and Friday, so towards the end of the, of the week, as we move towards next Shabbos. Uh, will be Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. So, of course, we'll say the Rosh Chodesh Benching and no, no Avarachamim. Uh, the Pirkei Abbas for this week is Perak Gimel, third week after, after Shavuos. And Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 5.57, three minutes before 6, 6 o'clock. So we have a long Friday night, we have a long Moitzah Shabbos, and Shabbos, we have to make use of every moment we possibly can. We are dealing with the laws of preparing for Shabbos still. And today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a certain kind of work that one's not allowed to do on Erev Shabbos. In fact, our, our Chazal have forbade doing Melacha on Erev Shabbos from the time of, of Mincha. And Allah brings that if someone does already, does do mulacha at that time, so he's not going to see great blessing, he's not going to see great profits from the work that he does late on a Friday afternoon. Now, the when we talk about Zaman Mincha, we're talking about the time of Mincha Ketana, Mincha Ketana, which literally is nine and a half hours into the into the uh the the day so approximately two and a half approximately two and a half hours and again when we talk hours we're talking halachic hours where the a total amount of daylight is divided into twelve portions and that becomes the length of a halachic uh hour so this is approximately two, uh uh, uh Two and a half hours <coughs> before before sunsets. Um, however, there are people who are even more strict, and they want to hold that the prohibition actually begins from the time of mincha gedayla. Mincha gedayla means half an hour after after midday, and that's the maram that uh, he says already one should be machmir. And stop already from a half an hour after after midday. But since the source of this halacha is only is only rabbinic, so one can rely on the more lenient opinion of of Rashi and work until two and a half hours before before uh, before Shabbos. That's what's brought in the. In the, in the Shulchan Aruch. And even someone who has already completed all of their preparation for the coming, for the coming Shabbos. So still, that, that doesn't then give you license to go and do other kind of work during, during, uh, 
during during that time. Why? Because that's not the, the, the purpose of of not doing work at that time is not only so that you should be available to be at home or whatever and and and, and being involved in the last minute uh, uh, Shabbos preparations, but simply it's not part of it's not considered a, 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 an honor for Shabbos that just before Shabbos begins. Uh, a yid should be involved in in other work that has nothing to do with with uh, with the Shabbos. It's almost an abandonment. It's almost a, a show of I don't really care about the fact that Shabbos is coming. I'm doing my thing, uh, and when I have no choice, I'll, I'll stop. That's not that's not covered covered Shabbos. Now, when we talk about the prohibition of of doing work. Uh, on Friday afternoon. So we're talking about a, a proper job of, of, uh, of, of work, uh, that, that's going to occupy a person that's, that's a, a kind of a professional labor, but something that's, that, that, uh, will not take you very long, something that is, is quite, quite a, uh, uh, I won't call it insignificant, but quite, uh, uncomplicated type of Malacha, that would be mutter. Therefore, let's say, it would be forbidden for a person during that time to do, let's say, I don't know, to, uh, undertake some kind of a, a carpentry, uh, a project. Or, or, uh, he, uh, I'm going to, uh, sew a, sew a garment, do some, do some major sewing operation. Or, or get involved in, in, in a whole electrical rewiring, uh, uh, yeah, you know, these kind of the these kind of uh, projects, or uh, I'm, I'm going to now do my do my garden on 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 Friday Friday afternoon, or even sit down to do some kind of a computer type uh, type uh, type type project, right? Or or I mean, in halachas brought that even to write uh, a sefer or or, or tefillin or, or or mezuzas, or even the correction of such if one's doing it for 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 payment, that would all be forbidden because those are considered fixed type of 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 a long term kind of kind of kind of jobs. But let's say to someone who is an experienced, uh, an expert, uh, uh, someone who knows the the craft well, to do something a, a short activity that would be uh, 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 that would be let's say that would be permitted. Let's say for instance. Uh, if I if I want to lay a, a trap for a uh, for to 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 trap uh, wild wild animals, or or I want to soak I want to soak uh, 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 some some herbs or something in liquid because I want to make uh, dyes out of uh, out out of it or something like that, or or to to sort of uh, you know. Somehow a program, a, a computer to do a certain, a certain, uh, calculation or something, which is again, not a, not a long-term type of project in terms of time commitment, right? That would be allowed. Similarly, one would be allowed to do during that, that time, uh, activities that don't require great, uh, great expertise, right? Uh, you need to, uh, irrigate or water your, your garden. You can do that Friday afternoon. I can clean, I can clean the house. Uh, if I need a, a button sewed on a, a garment before, before, before Shabbos, right? Or, or, uh, uh, vacuum cleaning or whatever it might be. Or I want to write down, uh, uh, some, some, uh, some Torah words that I, I thought of, right? And that could be either by hand or, on the uh, on on the computer, and and that you could even if since they're not professional activities, you could even get paid for 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 that. But if you're getting paid to be able to do these work, this kind of work, every single uh, erev Shabbos, it's a, a fixed contract you have to do, sort of unskilled labor on erev Shabbos, even though they don't require. Really, any expertise? If it's something that's that's a fixed contract and a, and a fixed arrangement you do every week, that would be forbidden to do it because 
the the uh, the the fact that you're being paid for it and its regularity turn it into now a fixed a fixed type of uh, of 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 activity. We'll be back in a moment with our final FM. This on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, back on the radio, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Shlachlacha, as we begin our very last segment. So we're talking about what you're allowed to do on Erev Shabbos. So if you need whatever activity that you want to do, you actually need it for Shabbos, then you can even do a, a fixed professional type activity, even if you're going to get paid on the condition that it's quite visible and recognizable to all that the malach is being done for the purpose of Shabbos. For example, you're allowed, if you're a barber, you can definitely work on Friday afternoon because it's clear to everyone that why are people getting haircuts on Friday afternoon if not Lekovet, Lekovet Shabbos. Uh, you're allowed to, uh, if you need to, to, uh, you're a driver and you need to take people around to certain places. Again, clearly you're taking them to where they need to be for, for Shabbos, right? That's part of preparation for Shabbos. Uh, if, uh, uh, an electrician needs to fix things, that, you know, your, your, your electricity is not working. You're not going to have chones. Uh, if it's not fixed, you can get paid for doing that on, on, uh, on Erev Shabbos. However, uh, let's say a tailor could not sew a garment if he's getting paid for it during that time, even if the garment is needed for Shabbos, because again, it's not necessarily discernible to the outsider that he's doing it for, for, for his Shabbos. Maybe that, uh, that garment he needs for some, some other day. But, if he's not gonna get paid, and he's doing it for free, he can sew either for himself or for somebody else a, a, a garment that is needed for, for Shabbos. And, and certainly, that, uh, let's say a person who's not a professional, uh, a tailor, and he needs to sew up a hem, or, or put, you know, or, or, or fix up some garments where he's not gonna get paid and it's for the honor of Shabbos, he certainly can do that during, during that, uh, that, that time. There are two other time, two other situations where Chazal were lenient to allow doing, uh, a malacha during, during those times. And they are number one, someone who is so indigent that he doesn't even have enough money to pay for basic rudimentary needs for Shabbos, he would be allowed to work during those times. And number two, if there's, God forbid, some kind of damage or some kind of loss that could ensue, if the work is not done, then you would be allowed to. So let's say there's a, a, a professional is allowed to finish his work if there's a worry that if he doesn't finish the work, he's going to uh, 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 lose a customer or in any way create some kind of a, a dangerous a dangerous situation. Basically, whatever is allowed to be done on Cholamoyed will be allowed to be done during those times also. That's about all the time we're going to have for, for the show today. Just a moment to wish each and every one of you a beautiful, beautiful, very warm and comfortable, cozy kind of Shabbos. Enjoy the family. Enjoy the good food. Enjoy the Zemiris. Enjoy the Torah. Be inspired and make this Shabbos the catalyst for an amazing week to follow. Look forward to seeing you, Be'ez Hashem, next Erev Shabbos, and to one and all, a beautiful, good Shabbos.